This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Monday, June 20th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Chris Hummer, and today we'll be joined by Baylor head coach Dave Aranda. The Bears are coming off a Big 12 championship, and Aranda signed a contract extension through 2029 earlier this offseason. We'll talk with him about his new deal, his somewhat surprising quarterback decision, and for those of you that like scheme talk, a bit about creeper defenses that are all the rage in college football. I don't think there's a more open and introspective head coach in college football in terms of the way he communicates through the media. So I hope you all enjoy. Here's Dave Aranda. Coach Aranda, thanks so much for joining us today on the College Football Daily. I wanted to start by asking, what sort of validation does a conference championship provide a program in terms of its culture and its path? And building off that, I'm wondering, does a Big 12 title alter anything that y'all do with your own formula? No, I appreciate the question. You know, I think, and it's, you know, it's a good one. I, th- I think, especially with just how strong whether it's, you know, the, our, our kids' phones are, you know, they look at it in the morning, they look at it at night, the pull of that, you know, the, you know, message boards, message boards are kind of influencing parents, the pull of that, you know, their friends, their family, you know, seeing the success on TV of other folks, uh, you need to go get yours and you need to be this and do that. You know, the pull of that is, is always strong. You know, but I think the, you know, one of the things inherent in all of it, though, is kind of an, like the idea of ascent, you know, gaining power and leveraging power, weaponizing power and flexing power. And, you know, like last year, there was, you know, you're coming from powerlessness, man, because there's, you know, this time last year, it was players bringing, bringing up, you know, Dave, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? You know, why don't we do it this way? We used to do it that way. And I just think in talking about that and more so the way that all of that was talked about and kind of um, it allowed the players to kind of take ownership of it. And then at the end of it, allowed them to, you know, express in games like who they, who they had become or who they were. I think now per your question, you know, there is that power that's kind of like sitting right there and if you grabbed it and if you came from a sense of power, then why wouldn't you like try to control everything and fix everything and manage everything and make everything to your, your, your benefit, right? Prop up your ego. Why wouldn't you, you know, I would, you know? And so I think the ability now to be intentional about trying to come from a position of powerlessness where you can't control, fix and manage and arrange things where you have to transform, you know, your, your ego has to die. And I think, you know, you try to do that by really high standards, strong accountability, by hard days, you know, by continuing saying yes to hard things and saying no to easy things, and by relationships, by building a community of where it's not really a, a reward punishment thing, but it's, a, uh, it's an awareness thing and it's a support thing. So 
Yeah. I mean, a lot goes into it. I, I think, you know, anytime you're trying not to let the outside get into the inside, it's difficult because you're kind of outnumbered. I guess transitioning uh, on the field, you'll have two of the better interior defensive linemen nationally in Sika, Ika, and Jackson Player, along with pretty much your entire 2D on the defensive line from last year. As a play caller, what sort of luxury is that to have two disruptive interior uh, defenders like that to front and build a defense around? Yeah, I immediately think of two things. You know, one would be it gives you the ability, and there was some of this last year, of playing light boxes with D Lyman that played a gap and a half. So they'd play their primary gap, the gap that they were aligned in. And then if the ball was working away from their gap, they could fight the hard shoulder of the block, snatch and wipe and get off the block and play their secondary, you know, gap responsibility or their you know, they're, they're a half assignment. And so there was a fair amount of that being done. I think, you know, the Ole Miss game is a great example of that. There's a couple other games that, you know, light boxes putting our math on um, other teams' skill players and then um, using our players to try to eat up, you know, their math, right? And so I think like, so that's one. I think the second thing that comes to mind is... Um, you know, in review and looking at Georgia on defense this past year, Georgia, like us, is a big creeper outfit. So, you know, pressures and all of it that are really four man rushes and the coverages can be varying zone and man and all the different, you know, types of zones and stuff. And, you know, try to be specific in attacking, you know, weak parts of protection and, and totally, you know, identifying protection. And, and you know, it's not the, you know, if they got five or bringing six, if they got six or bringing seven, so it's not that thought. It's more of a more of a um, a fine tooth comb you're you're using. But I th- I think you know Georgia's like us in that respect. But I think Georgia had really strong front seven a year ago and strong D line evidenced by the draft and everything. And there was more five man rushes from Georgia than I had seen since I think uh, Kirby's been there. Don't really know because I haven't asked the question, but I I do think that some of it was, you know, you're getting your your front guys, your D linemen one-on-one blocks when you send fire, you know, and so you're allowing them to, um, you know, you're trying to get a mismatch there and give them an opportunity to win. And so I think there's a fair amount of merit to that in terms of, you know, getting it, you know, getting the advantage to your side of things. And so we'll see kind of how it goes. For those who probably are following along and aren't aware of what creeper defense means, I think you mean like bring four with the secondary or secondary linebacker potentially rushing to simulate the pressure, even though you're only bringing four. Correct? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's a um, you know it's going to look like a blitz though you're only bringing four guys, and so it's you know it's less of. So I remember when I was at Wisconsin. Our offensive coordinator there was a guy named Andy Ludwig, and you know we would go through you know practice periods and scrimmages and things and. You know, I think one of the advantages creepers is you got the, if you do it right, the back stays in for protection. You can't get out. You know, you're bringing the back sky a lot of times if you identify stuff right. And, and he goes, Dave, you know, this is, you're not really, you're not really spending a lot, but you're getting a lot. This is like a, this is like a nuisance. And I think that's the thought behind it. And a fair amount of teams do it pretty, uh, pretty well. You know, Georgia is one of them. You named Blake Shapin the starting quarterback coming out of the spring with him beating out Gary Bohannon, last year's starter. I've heard you say in the past, Blake is a gunslinger. What does he bring to your offense? There is a confidence about him 
a strong level of preparation with him. But I think of all of it, though, I mean, he gives you a shot when, hey, they're scoring, we got to score, or, you know, we have to throw the ball to win. He gives you a great opportunity in those, uh, in, in those uh, situations. Building off that subject, I don't think every coach would have informed Gary he wouldn't start before the May 1st deadline, which was the deadline that people had to be in the portal by if they wanted to transfer and use their one-year your one-time exemption to do so. Why did you decide to go about it that way and letting Gary know before that May 1st deadline? So much respect for Gary and still, you know, we'll always have in a lot of ways, you know, Gary's journey was our journey. You know, there is no me without Gary. Yeah, uh, there is no us without Gary. You know, I met, when I met with him, I told him all of that. A lot of respect for him, man. He's he he battles and he does it with just total class and really strong character. And uh, you know, I I really want to see him do well. You know, I understand. You know, today's climate with quarterbacks and all of it. So I completely get it, and I just want the best for him. We'll be right back with more from Dave Aranda after the break. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You mentioned earlier that there's a lot of new with the skill positions offensively and a little bit with Blake as well at quarterback. Um, but you bring back more than 8,000 snaps on your offensive line, four or five starters come back, coming back. How does that group up front help ease the transition for the rest of the offense, especially early in the season? Yeah, good question. I think you know, last year, I think really all for about all of the games, we would generally run it pretty good, but we would usually have to throw it to run it. You know, starting starting games with heavy run sets, throwing bootlegs and nakeds off of it, uh, RPOs or play action passes off it, off of it. Try to soften stuff up and get people to widen alignments, loosen up in the back end, and then kind of open up running lanes. I think that was just that was about every game, and so. The hope is, is that with some, and there is some, you could see some of it in spring is that we can have the ability to, Hey, you know, we're going to run it. We know we're going to run it. Everyone knows we're going to run it and we run it still. And I think that comes with improved communication, improved blocking on the second level, improved cohesiveness. You know, this is the, however many time this group has done it together this way, you know, and so I think all of those things, I think, can help pave the way for maybe an even more explosive passing attack when, you know, you're running it to throw it instead of throwing it to run it. Another big development at Baylor this offseason was you signing a contract extension through 2029. What did it mean for you, for Baylor to show you that 
such a long-term commitment. And additionally, you were a popular name on the coaching carousel, at least the rumor side of things this offseason. Why did you decide to commit to Baylor for such a long period as well? Appreciate the question. Very appreciative of, of Mac Rhodes, Linda Livingstone. I just, great people to work for, great friends. Yeah, coming to Baylor was was partly, was like a, I, was, I was part machine, really. At other stops, just all football. Yeah, I think I talk more in a day now than I would in a week <laughs> at LSU, for example. You know, and parts of myself just became kind of closed off to uh, to people, really, and just only kind of come alive when it was ball. And um, yeah, I, could, I mean, I could see my kids kind of seeing how I was and thinking that that was okay, and they've got some of the stuff that I've got you know, in, in their blood too. And so I could see them becoming miniature, you know, me's, which would suck, I think, you know, because now they're not experiencing uh, life really. I think some of it with me was with football was that, you know, the pressures of all of it and try to just, you know, hardcore scientists in terms of things you could control and things that you could, you know, try to avoid pain. And so, I think the ability to come to Baylor was to to change and to grow and to be like a full person. And so I think coming going from your head to your heart is the longest road, you know. And so I think Baylor is a fit for that. And I think that, you know, I learn more than I teach here. And so, you know, uh, happy to be here. Finally, building off of that, you said you were more of a machine than a full person Yeah. you. How much have you seen yourself grow in this head coaching role? And how have you felt that you've had to transform to fit the full person into the role as opposed to just the coach? A lot. I think, you know, by my machine, I kind of mean like the the machinery, kind of the society's expectations or, you know, outcome driven, I think, you know, stuff that that looks outward i think very much lens focused i think coming to to baylor was a decision to to turn that into a mirror you know and then i think you know the ability to see that your life your life story is your leadership story i think might be the strongest you know have always been about learning and 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 all of it but have never really paid value to myself or to my relationships like I should or to to things that have happened in my life. And yet those are, they're kind of, because of that, they're kind of deep underneath and they're kind of driving the whole thing. And I never really even looked to see it. And so when you can connect to that and then own the good and the bad with that, then uh, you can start, you know, being you, you know? So I try to help our team with the same thing. It's very difficult to do because you have to feel safe to do it. Thanks to Coach Aranda for joining us today on the College Football Daily. For myself and our producer, Lance Glenn, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Talk to y'all soon.